His lordship stared over her head and out the window. Miss Despard, it is customary to permit me to bow over your hand, he drawled, with just that touch of insolence required to bring immediate obedience. But Jane was too much affected by his closeness and his earlier unfavourable appraisal to be bothered with the niceties of a formal introduction, and her hands remained firmly clasped in front of her. She told herself she was being obstinately bad-mannered, but for the first time in years she allowed emotion to rule her tongue and spoke her thoughts. "'I am fully sensible to the honour you do me, my lord,' she answered in a clear voice, gaze riveted to the engraved silver buttons of his waistcoat. "'But I am not ignorant of the fact it was forced upon you, in a most ungentlemanly manner.' It is a circumstance I bitterly regret, and wish I could alter. There was the smallest of pauses, before Salt said in his insolent way, You've had ample opportunity to release me from such a damnable circumstance. You merely had to refuse the honour. Still, there are some eighteen hours before the ceremony. This blunt speech did tilt Jane's chin to his face, blue eyes wide with astonishment. He was offering her the opportunity to give him an eleventh-hour reprieve. Indeed, his very manner suggested he expected her to do so there and then. That she wanted to release him from his forced obligation with all her heart was momentarily forgotten with the wound to her feminine pride. That he did not even have the good manners to disguise his abhorrence for a match that was of her father's making, not hers, angered her into giving an impudent reply. You cannot imagine, my lord, that I leapt at your backhanded offer of marriage, she stated with as much coldness in her voice as she could muster. Doubtless there are dozens of females eager to take their place at your side as Countess of Salt Hendon. I wholeheartedly wish you'd offered for one of these ladies, for then this horrid situation would never have presented itself. I am not in the habit of making life-altering decisions merely to oblige others, he replied coldly, gaze remaining fixed to the wet windowpane. Yet, knowing you for a fickle female with no heart and even less brain, who has the barefaced cheek to accept a back-handed offer of marriage, I should indeed have married the next fresh-faced virgin who presented herself for mounting. Jane staggered back a pace, mind reeling and hand out to the heavy brocade curtains for support at such crude speech. How, how dare you speak to me in such a repulsive manner? She whispered indignantly, a fervent glance at her tea-drinking relatives at the far end of the room. I am not one of your whores who you can... This brought his hard gaze down to her beautiful face. Come now, Miss Despard, he said with bored indifference. Your show of offended sensibilities insults my intelligence. It is a bit late in the day to exhibit virginal outrage. He watched her throat constrict, and when she turned her fine nose to the window, giving him a view of her lovely profile, he smiled crookedly. How well she played the part of indignant female, as if she were the injured party. By the way, I don't waste conversation on whores. 
If you hope to unsettle me with your... your... by that, then you are vastly mistaken in my... in my... She stopped herself and bit her full lower lip, for how could she say the word character when she had none? He seemed to read her mind, for he said so softly that she could only just hear him. You are wise not to say it. You lost what little character you possessed when you thumbed your nose at constancy and decency to take up with a conscienceless old merchant. But as you are your father's daughter, I am inclined to believe Sir Felix never taught you the meaning of such words. Thus I will own that the fault lies with me for being taken in by your beautiful face.'